Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is with uh, great sadness. Well, it's a mixture of uh, profound... uh, Bittersweet? Yeah, it's satisfaction and uh, dismay that we welcome you to the final installment, the final episode, yes, of uh, of the Steam Room. I feel like that season. when I'm with you and Cheryl Ann. What? You're bitter and she's sweet. Uh-huh. She it's is sweet. Yeah. I mean, I have mixed emotions. Do you really? I do. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Three seasons worth. This will be the one that closes the book on season three. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. And, and um, we have a great guest. Literally. A little bit later, Josh Allen. Great, great player. Wonderful young quarterback who's also going to be part of the match on TNT on June 1st. June 1st, him and Pat Mahomes against Aaron and Tom. And yeah. I told you that next, because we have to tape that next week after that game. I says, I'm not even caught up in the moment. That was the best football game I'd ever seen. Yeah. Can't wait to talk to him about yeah. that and many other things uh, a bit later. I want to know if he's still cheap. Okay. Well, well let's not give everything away. I, I want to know. Because, like, last time I saw Josh, we were, he played, was playing in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. He was playing, like, $10 a hand. Okay. All right. Well, I want to we'll know get, if he's still cheap. We'll get into that with him. Um, TK will make an appearance. And of course, a, a little bit later, the the last round of uh, Chuck's answering machine phone call. So this is going to be a fun, We're gonna fun, have some fun final episode. Uh, but every episode begins the same way. First of all. Yes. First of all, you know you have a lot of money when you get hunting nut Cheerios. I've had the regular Cheerios. First of all, you know anybody ride a motorcycle who makes millions of dollars is an idiot. First of all, zero plus zero is zero. Oh, I got a lot of stuff here. So... You know my affection for hockey. I think the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best sporting event. I think the Stanley Cup trophy is the most amazing trophy in all of sports. Just the Stanley Cup. You don't have to call it the Stanley Cup trophy. Just the Stanley Cup. Nobody goes, hey, we won the Stanley Cup trophy. We won the Stanley okay, Cup. Okay, okay. Way okay. to correct me on TV. Make me feel dumb. No, it's on a podcast. Okay, okay. So it doesn't count. Uh, so, but I got to <laughs> tell you something right now. I want to thank TBS. TNT, ESPN, being able to watch basketball and hockey every night. It's been fun. It's been so much fun. And guys, when we at work, we have about 10 televisions in a room. And it's been so awesome for me to have two hockey games on, whether they're on TBS, TNT. It's like a sports bar without the bar. 
Unfortunately, that's the only negative. Good well, we couldn't possibly turn that into us. I mean, it would just get out of hand in a hurry. All we would have to do is add the click button. The click button. In, in, in case somebody says something stupid, we could click it. Mm -hmm. uh, that, so I, I'm not opposed to us just getting drunk at work and watching basketball and hockey. Would uh, that not revolutionize uh, our industry oh, if, I, if, I, that I, were, if that were allowed? I, I'm guaranteeing we would have great ratings. First of all, we should if do they, it. They we, shoot the show we in the do, green room. Yeah, but we all should. All these TVs. But we should have two shows. Mm -hmm. We should do it like the Manning, the Manning's the Manning podcast. Cast. Uh -huh. We should have one for regular people and, and kids to watch. And then we should have one with the F-bombs and MFs and uh, like a, a total different channel. We can call it the Barkley cast. Huh. I don't know. So like, it's almost like th that would be uh, the NBA on TNT after dark. Or we could, what, or like we did, call or, that. Or we could do like we did at the All-Star game. Yeah, like when we just called the game from the... Uh, from, from the uh, stage, from the yeah, so, from the set. You know, hey, you know, TNT. If they can find a way to make some money. They're gonna do it. I don't know about that. Would get so that would get so, so unwieldy. Much fun. How about? I mean, there's snacks. There's anything you want to drink. There's shack in the corner with hookah. There's all kinds of. Yeah, you know, there's this haze going hey, over the. We'll be bringing in a whole other demographic with the hookah people. <laughs> I mean, we got everything. Listen, I don't know a lot of people. Who I think smoke. we. I think we probably have some hookah. Yeah. Uh, this will be a whole new demographic. Yeah. Okay, so just think about that. All right. So, but I just want to thank everybody because we're not in competition with ESPN. We're all in the same boat together. We just want the sports to be perfect. Yeah, it's not like we're um, we're not rooting for anybody. We just want compelling, yes, um, good good stories. Yes. And that, you know, and it's like when we were watching last night, it was like. Philadelphia, Miami. It'd be great to have that series tied. Yes, at two-two. You know, and that's what we're looking for. Yeah, the better storylines, and that's what we're that's yeah. that's what we're always. About. Yeah, I agree. So, so nobody's really rooting for yeah. anybody. So last week I got to play in a senior event here in Atlanta, and I played with Darren Clark. Was this one of the greatest golfing days you've ever enjoyed? Yes. Because, you know, last couple of years I played with John Daly, who's a good friend, but De John pulled out of the tournament, and I got to play with Darren Clark. And his cat, his name is Sandy Armour, who's really a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to meet Darren Clark. Because, you know, there's certain guys in all sports, you're like, I'd like to meet that guy and hang out with him a little bit. You two, the combined number of great stories from your careers – you could have it would take fifty four holes at least of nonstop talking for you guys to get all of your good stories out. So it was just an honor and a privilege to play with him. What did you want to know from him? I didn't want to know anything from him. I just wanted to see if he was as good a dude on television and what I heard. Yeah, because everybody liked him, and you're like, okay, I like to go drinking and play golf with that dude one day, and I got a chance. So I just want to say it was awesome for him. I, I don't know who I'm playing with. This week, I'm playing in Birmingham. But the, we got a major at my golf course in Birmingham called the Regions. Mm. And I'm going to play in that golf tournament this in week. In the uh, Pro-Am? In the Pro-Am. So uh, I don't know who they're going to pair me with, but I always look forward to it. Last year, I played with uh, Coach Harson at Auburn. First time I met him, we had a great time. I played with Bruce Pearl before. But I always look forward to playing with a pro because anytime you play with a pro, it's a pretty special thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can learn a lot just by watching – Oh. The way they go around a golf course. And, you know, and Darren gave me, you know, my coach, 
always talked to me, Stan Utley, who's amazing, saved my golf in life. He said, you got to keep your body moving through the ball, Chuck. Because I, when I get tired, I quit moving my body. Mm-hmm. He says, Chuck, when you got to really concentrate when you get tired. You got to keep your body going through the ball because right. if you quit, it's not gonna. You're not gonna hit good shots. So we had a, a blast. Well, apparently you've been following his advice because I've seen yeah. the. Oh, Stan, I've seen the results, oh, yeah. man. No, you're you're playing great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Don't try to butter me up. I'm not buttering you up. You're gonna whip my ass on on the in no, the, in but the I'm black not, masters. But I'm not worried about you. I know you're worried about Eric. Yes, I didn't but he ap- hasn't been playing much either. Just, so you should you should win this. Thing. I just want you to know I didn't appreciate you bringing a ringer last time. He's not a ringer. He's my son. He, yeah, but he was a ringer. No, come on. Yeah. You don't. You can't call a guy who's a double digit handicap a ringer. Uh, it, we're all double digits. But let me tell you something. You, Eric, Grant Hill, Steve Smith, Grant Hill. Oh, you Grant Hill twice because uh, him <laughs> and he can't play. I talk, I t- I reached out to Grant. He can't play. Greg Anthony can't play. Smitty can't play. <laughs> These are cowards. That's the word you're thinking of, aren't it? They're just cowards. No, they have they have previous commitments. Yeah, okay. On that day, last year they want to go to a Hawks game. Like, who want to go to a Hawks game? Nobody. <laughs> what's no. What's up next? Okay. On the first okay, of all, so I want to talk about this MVP thing. It's a really tricky award. People can vote for who they want to because this is a personal opinion. Yeah, but obviously Joker's gonna win it, and it's well deserved. I personally would have voted for Joel Embiid. I voted for Joker. You voted for and and I have no problem with people voting for Joker because he's a terrific I player. I had Joker, Embiid, and Giannis as my top three, and then I had uh, Devin Booker and John Morant. And I got no problem with that. You know, I was actually watching television and actually listening to the radio because I wanted to come on here today and get it from every angle. And... I want to make it clear. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. But a couple people said, which I think worth digesting, they said what they think happened was people complained that Joker won it last year. So some of the reporters doubled down because they did the same thing with Steve Nash when he won it the second time. Because they say Steve Nash deserved it the first time, but they wasn't sure he deserved it the second time. But some of the reporters wanted to prove we were right. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I see what you're saying. But look, as a guy who votes, I never think, now I need to validate the selection yeah. I made the previous year. No, it's just like, this was one of the toughest MVP votes of all time for me in, in all the years I've been doing it. I want to see the, the voting, personally. I can't wait to see the breakdown, too. Yeah. I want to see how close it was. See, because that will tell me something. Because... You had to put those three guys first, second, or third. In some order, yeah. Yes. The first year I should have won MVP, I think it was 88-89. Magic won. It was the closest vote of all time. And I know I should have won it. You know, the reason I should have won it, because I got the most first-place votes. But the way they screwed me, I didn't get in the second and third-place votes. And I was like, that's odd. I says, that's what I said. I says, well, I'm going to get first, second, or third. Some of the reporters are like, didn't want me to win, which they had an opinion. But you have to be realistic. I said, okay, I'm looking at the voting. 
I'm first, and then I'm fifth. It doesn't work like that. You either got to be first or second, and at worst case scenario, third, because it was between me and Magic. So I really want to see what some of the people voted Joel and Giannis because it's heavily weighted toward first place, second, and third place votes. But, like, even with a good conscience, you got to put those guys one, mm-hmm. two, three. Right. And uh, like I say, congratulations to the Joker. Hell of a player. Great kid. But I just said, personally, myself, I would have voted for Joel Embiid. And I think that's the, that's the great thing about it. When you have this panel of 100 uh, media folks, you're going to get the MVP out of that. You're, and that takes into account likes and dislikes and how I might look at numbers and how the writer might look at numbers and how you consider. And, the, and it is. And so when I look at all that, I say, okay, Joker, Embiid, Giannis. And that's the guy right next to me might have it yeah. the other way. And that's fine. And that's but, fine. But I can say two things. I want to notice, I want to look at the voting. But secondly, I do think you all hurt yourself complaining about it all the time. I, I, I think psychologically, if you bitch and complain all the time, you know, it's like, I don't know what I got to do to win MVP. I think people get turned off by that. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, I've done this for years, but I'm not totally comfortable being one of the voters. And I'm wondering, are we the best people to be handing this out? Is the meet, are the media members the best people to be voting on all these awards? Or should it be a player thing? Well, I think. Should the players vote on it? Well, because, well, players kind of, everybody have biases. There's players I'm pretty sure don't like other players. I have no problem with the media voting for it. As long as I can look at their voting thing and says, wait, man, you put Embiid fifth or you put Giannis fifth because you wanted, you wanted a certain guy to win. That's why I think we should always make voting publicly so you can at least defend, like, okay, tell me why you voted. You thought this dude, because the, the voting speaks for itself. Like, Ernie, as well as I know you, you said, I had Joker, Embiid, Giannis. Everybody should have those three. If you don't have those guys, one, two, or three, you need to take a good look in the mirror because it wasn't but three candidates. Because uh, I'm trying to think. But people can also look, and because there's a philosophy or a, a way of thinking that, okay, who was the best team in the NBA this year? Who is the best player on the best team? Yeah. That's a, and, and so... I think Devin Booker might have gotten a couple, you know, maybe maybe top somebody five. looked at him, well, top five for sure, yeah. but maybe they look at that and say, well, maybe he should be in the top yeah. three because their team had the best record. Well, but the difference is, though, he is not far away the best player on his own team. So I think that hurts him because mm-hmm. last year, remember, I was stumping for Chris Paul last year Yeah. because one thing that really annoys me is these clowns on television who – act like this fake, and it's just clearly fake. Mm-hmm. Like, the MVP has always went, if it was close at all, it went to the guy who was on the best team. They had these silly debates on other shows every year. Well, this guy should be an MVP. I said, you go back and look. Michael Jordan was the best player <laughs> in, the, in the NBA probably three years before he won MVP because his team was not winning. Right. Kobe Bryant, before he won he was probably the best player before he won it. Same thing with Shaq. 
But it's always been tied to winning. Yeah. And uh, it's just really unfortunate we made it like, okay, let's look at the three best players and are they winning? And like I say, it was a three-horse race this year. I didn't care who won it out of the three. Like I said, if I had a vote, I would have voted for Joel. But I won't. I, I'm really curious to see the voting, so I can't wait for that. Yeah, me too. All right. Anything else? Don't want to forget about Brittany Griner. Uh, we're thinking about you, and uh, it's a crazy situation. And that dude over there is crazy. So uh, I hope that you're safe. And uh, I think it's great what the WNBA is putting your, your initials on the court. But uh, we're thinking about you. That has been a while now. Oh, uh, yeah. Golly. And listen, as you see, with, unfortunately, with the thing going on in Ukraine, man, this dude is so unpredictable. He's clearly doing it out of spite because I think he's upset that the United States is sending Ukraine weapons. But you just never know when you're dealing with somebody like that what's going to happen. That is, uh, first of all, is that is That's that it. all for first of all? That's it, brother. That's a lot of first of alls right there. Thank you, brother. But we're allowed a lot of first yeah. of alls when it's uh, a season finale. Perfect. Yes. We'll be back. We are back inside the steam room. Oh, we got a special guest today. Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley on the season finale of the steam room. And because it is such a special day, we have special intro music for our special guest. Uh-oh. All right. That's life. I like it. That's life. That is, as a matter of fact, that's one of the go-to songs for in his pregame routine is Frank Sinatra's That's Life. Well, How about that? Josh Allen joining us uh, here in the steam room. We only have one rule uh, in the steam room, Josh, and that is uh, we ask that you leave your towel on. <laughs> and um, as long as you abide by that rule, we're all good to go. I know Chuck has. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, so where did this? Uh, where did this? Uh, the Frank Sinatra pregame. It's Frank Sinatra. It's Elvis. It's Sammy Davis Jr. It's uh, you know where did that? Where did that all come from? I've done the the, the head banging music, the the rap, the hip hop, the rock music, and when I got get out there, the first play, that first drive, I'm so eager and I'm so tensed up that. Something usually bad happens. It usually takes a, a hit to kind of calm me down. So I've kind of tweaked it and figured out that listening kind of like the old slow school stuff keeps me very calm, keeps me at peace. So when I get out there, I'm, I'm in a good state, ready to perform at the uh, best of my abilities. You know, Josh, the first time I noticed you was in college. And I'm like, how is this kid at Wyoming? I was like, it was unbelievable watch, especially I watched you play in a couple of snow games and you were throwing that thing like it was like 80 degrees and sunny. <laughs> How did you get to that school? Yeah, out of high school, I had no offers. Uh, so I went junior college route. And again, played, I started six or seven games there and my numbers were good. My tape was good and still no coaches were coming around looking. Uh, and then I had an offer from Wyoming. I was flying out that weekend. I got a call from Eastern Michigan. They had they had offered me and said, we want to fly you out. And during junior college time, there's only like a certain um, two-week period where you can go visit, or there used to be. At least I don't know if things have changed. So I couldn't go visit Eastern Michigan. They pulled it. 
and Wyoming was my only offer, and uh, I took it. But Eastern Michigan, they beat me twice in college, so don't think it's a, a funny story on their part too. So, um, But, yeah, it was my only offer, and I took it and ran with it, and it was the best decision of my life. Josh Allen is the, uh, is the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, number seven pick in the draft, as you pointed out, uh, Chuckster from Wyoming, uh, and also going to be taking part in the match on June 1st. Now, look, your golf game, how would you describe? I know you love the game. How good is your game? I'm a, uh, I'm a football player with a golf problem. We'll say that. <laughs> I, I love it. I love everything about it. I love the mental game. I love the little tiny physical tweaks that can change everything. Uh, it's, it's been a process this offseason. I've kind of worked with a, a hitting coach, Wade Wilson, who's down at the country club um, in Southern California. I'm at, and we kind of tore some things down and, and started doing things a little differently. And uh, the first couple of weeks were very, very brutal. It kind of scared me, but I think things are going in the right direction right now. Like I said, Buffalo hasn't been able to be very golf friendly in the last few weeks since I've been up here, but things are turning around. The weather's getting good and we're going to have to keep going out. And I got Case Keenum here, who is an absolute stick, going to be trying to teach me some things before I go out there. So you played in Tahoe. You play in Pebble Beach. How are you with the crowds? Because I noticed myself, it's a totally different animal when I'm screwing around with my friends, even though we're playing and we're serious, but playing in front of big crowds. What's the difference for you mentally? I'll tell you what, after that first tee, that's usually when you're jittery. You got kind of the shakes. Your hands are going a little crazy. Uh, stomach's in knots. But after that first tee shot, if you can put one in the fairway, I think things kind of uh, get a little more relaxed. But again, if you're if you're spraying it off the tee with people, it's it can be scary at times because you want people to move back and they don't want to. They want to be as close to the action as possible, which is a little scary at times. Um, and I have to kind of remind everybody that I'm a, I'm a football player. I don't I don't do this professionally, even though I want to, and even though I think I can, I'm not as good as I think I am, and uh, no one cares as much as I think I care. So it's a good time though. How about playing? You know, you're going to partner with with Patrick Mahomes. And Chuck and I have talked about it. That's the greatest football game I ever saw. Greatest football game I ever saw when you guys played the overtime game. How would you best describe your relationship with uh, Patrick Mahomes? I mean, we were both at Miami this weekend at F1. We were kind of texting, kind of see if we were there Saturday night. He FaceTimes me and he's like, come here. And, you know, sure enough, we, we go up and uh, we, we hung out for an hour and a half, two hours, just kind of hanging around, talking, having a good time. So again, I, and I walked away and I, I'd spent a couple times around Patrick, but every time I just, I'm around him, he, he's just a great dude. He's a great personality. He's fun to be around. Um, and honestly, all the respect that I have for him on the field, I think it's a different vibe than what people think. And again, when we step on that field, we we're supposed to be competitors and, you know, it's the old mantra of you, you got to hate your enemy, you know, but, you know, I, I would say that we have a really good relationship, especially for you know, the type of games that we, we tend to play in uh, AFC championship two years ago and obviously the uh, divisional last year. But he is he's awesome. He really is. Um, love being around him. I'm, I'm super excited for this opportunity with him because I think the other side, they, they're going to rift a little more than than me and Pat. I think we're going to beat off each other pretty well. You know, I'm a pseudo Buffalo Bills fan because I'm good friends with Jim Kelly, Cornelius Bennett, Thurman Thomas. I watched that documentary. It's probably the most underrated, great achievement in sports history, making it to four straight Super Bowls. They never got the credit and respect they deserve because they didn't win one. But the one thing I have learned over the years, 
about the Bills Mafia. Can you explain? Because, like, those people, that's the only thing they got there, really. Can you explain the Bills Mafia to us? Yeah, I mean, one, they're the best. I think they're the best fan group in the entire world. They are light the table on fire, jump from an RV, unbelievable energy. I mean, it's it's got its pros and its cons. You know, it's tough to go out to eat sometimes because they just they want to give you their love. And it's it's so great. It's such a fun city to play in. It's a fun city to be a part of. And the community, they, they really rally around each other. You know, a couple of years ago, my grandmother passed and people started donating and donating. I think the tally for that donation that kind of keeps going is over five million dollars now from just community donations, people from around the, really around the country, around the world that are Bills fans and they call themselves Bills Mafia. And it is absolutely unreal how much support that they give the Buffalo Bills here. And we want to perform as players because we know the early 90s, what that was. And uh, we want to give them the feeling of, you know, accomplishing that goal that was set out, like you said, from the guys, the greats that were here before us. And, um, you know, they deserve it because they've been through a lot. They went through the 17 year, year drought. And now, you know, we want to just give them a product that they can be happy with them on the field. So I told Ernie earlier, I says, last time I saw Josh, he was cheap. So when you were still <laughs> when you were still on your rookie deal, I met your mom and dad in Lake Tahoe and we were gambling a little bit. You were playing twenty five dollars a hand. Are you still playing twenty five dollars a hand when you play blackjack? <laughs> I'm still playing twenty five dollars a hand, absolutely. I don't know what it is about it, Chuck. I know you like I won't say what you were betting, but it's a little more than mine. <laughs> we know. And Chuck goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, Chuck, I don't, I don't have it like you. Like, I'm a rookie contract quarterback that's two years into the league. Like, I'm still figuring things out. So, but yeah, I love, I love gambling. I love playing blackjack, but I absolutely despise losing. So if I walk away and I'm down 300 bucks, I got to pit my stomach, you know? So <laughs> something that I got to get over if I want to, you know, go out there and hang out with you, you know, in Tahoe and be able to sit at that table you're sitting at. So. You know, maybe you got to teach me a few things. Let's go back a few years. Growing up in California, what was your job on the farm? Yeah, me and my brother, we moved irrigation pipe. We would uh, go out in the cotton fields, weed the cotton. Any miscellaneous item that my dad had us do, we were cleaning up hay in one of the uh, cotton gin shops one year. This is not fun work. It's hot. (laughs) Not as much fun as you describe right there, huh? (laughs) <laughs> oh my God. I got stung in the head one time from a bee when we were moving irrigation pipe at 13. That was miserable. It's hot. And you got to wear long sleeves because when you're moving the pipe, if you got a short sleeve on, it's 115 degrees. You touch that thing, it's burning your skin. So it's a thing where my dad was like, if you are involved in sports, that's your way out. So my dad was very gracious in that term of if we're playing basketball, baseball, or football, we swam, we did gymnastics, karate, uh, we played soccer for a little bit. I mean, you name it, we did it because that was kind of our out from not being on the farm. And my dad would tell us childhood stories of him waking up at five o'clock before school, going and doing things, going to school, practice, then coming home and still having to do a few things on the ranch. So it's definitely a tough life. I got to see a great role model on my dad each and every day and showed me how to be, uh, you know, who I am today. You also worked at your mom's restaurant, correct? I'm assuming this was not moving irrigation pipe and uh, burning your arms on it. Yeah, I mean, that was just more so busting tables and just trying to trying to make sure that the food that we were eating uh, wasn't costing her too much on, on the staff because me and my brother, we like to eat. Chuck, I know you like to eat. It was pretty good food. Yeah, hey, you know, you're speaking of miserable. Football is <laughs> my favorite sport. I'm always with my friends, and then, you know, the seasons change, and it's cold as hell, 
then it's snowing. And you hear people say, well, once you get warmed up, it's not cold. They're like, oh, that's total BS. They're like, man, it's freezing the whole time. How uncomfortable or do you enjoy playing in snow or really cold weather? I absolutely hate it. I despise it. Um, <laughs> but if there's going to be an advantage for me opposed to a different quarterback, I think it makes it worth it. But I'll tell you what, during that that Patriot game, I, I had a rollout and I had left my hand out of my hand warmer for just 10 seconds too long. And I went to throw that ball and my hand was completely numb and it just dirted straight to the ground. So when you're off the field, you've got to be bundled up in a jacket. you got to be on the seats that are heated. you got to put your helmet on the pad that keeps it heated. you got to put a beanie on. It's a process, but thankfully we've played it enough where our equipment staff, our training staff, and even our coaches, like the strategic way that we kind of go about things, the things we have on the sideline available for us, it's, it's all thought out and it gives us all the tools that we need need to stay warm because when you're on the field the only thing you really feel your toes my toes go like just absolutely frozen I got little blocks of ice in there you know it's it's tough but um and those showers after the game are absolutely terrible they feel like you're burning alive <laughs> hey this is another pregame ritual and i should i should alert all of our loyal steamers who are listening today that this might be an uncomfortable part of the podcast today uh-oh um because you know another one of his game day rituals or routines? No. He throws up before every game. This is true, right, Josh? It is. It is. Is this voluntary or involuntary? Sometimes I do. I have to do it. Like, are you making Are you making yourself? Sometimes, no. It, it literally, as I'm talking through pregame. So throughout even my college career, I never threw up. But I would have like this weird dry heave on the sidelines. And I couldn't get rid of it. I would cramp up. I'd dry heave. I don't know if it's like a subconscious anxiety or something, but I don't feel it anywhere else other than like once I go in for pregame, after our pregame warm-up, I go in and I'm, everybody's sitting there. I go straight into the bathroom, let the demons out. Guys will come come watch and cheer me on, you know, and then <laughs> take my caffeine and get ready for the game and uh, go out there. And then I don't have that weird feeling of dry even on the sidelines anymore. But every once in a while on the sidelines, I'll be sitting there talking and I sit right by the trash can. And I just got to get up and uh, – let some demons out there too. Ever have anything similar to that, Chuckster? I feel great anxiety before every game, mainly the night before the game, because you know that, that's how I develop my sleeping disorder. Why I very seldom sleep. Like I got going, even going back to high school, I was so excited for the game the next day, and what's happening? The doctors think with my body clock. I went from playing thirty games to thirty-five games to eighty-two to a hundred games. So that's why I only sleep about four hours a night. I get so excited to play basketball. And I guess his comes out during the day, so it's probably the same thing. Do we need to have a, a, a some receptacle handy on the first tee at the match? It honestly wouldn't be the worst idea. <laughs> I started doing it uh, really two, two and a half years ago, and ever since then I've started playing pretty good football. And So maybe I'd do it on the golf course too. I'll, I'll, I'll test it out. I'm going out today. I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. Dude, whatever it takes. So what is your official handicap? I'm like a 7-5 right now, last time I checked. And what's Patrick? You know what he is? I don't know, but he, he gave me a score. I'm not going to give you guys any insight so you can tell Tom and Aaron, so I know you'll run off and let them know. But he, he had a good round uh, last last week, he said. So we'll be good off. We'll be long off the tee. We just got to make some putts, I think. I actually played with Pat uh, in Tahoe a couple of years ago. And he had really – he hasn't even been playing golf that long. And, man, his speed through the ball was very – I played with him and Travis. 
And man, they will, he goes at it. Yeah. Now he ain't got no idea where it's going, but he's going <laughs> at it. And it. It was pretty impressive to watch. But I think I think it's a shamble. So if one of us can poke one out in the fairway, we'll have a, a slight advantage over the old guys. I think we look forward to uh, to being part of that. Chuck and I are going to be out there calling it. And, me, uh, it's me, you, and JJ Watt. Yeah, it's going to be some fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, so we we look forward to being out there. And and Josh, you're a good man for hanging out and uh, spending some time with us. We appreciate you. And I uh, can't wait to see you in Vegas, man. And please tell uh, Leslie Frazier that I said hello and Coach Sean, too. Okay, I will definitely do that. All right, man. See you at the match. Yeah, sounds good. You guys have a good one. That was awesome. Tell you what, man. I got a chance to meet him and his mom and dad. It, it was funny. It's like, yo, man, are you really playing for $25 a hand? And, uh, but we had a blast. And he is a flat-out stud. Not everybody can, can sit at the table with the Chuckster when it comes. I mean... I'm just not a big gambler, man. I, you know, I, I go down there with a set with a, a set amount of money, and when it's gone, I'm back in the bed. I go down there with a set amount of money too. All I all I got. <laughs> hey, all I got. I'm not leaving this for my family. Freeloaders, America's guests. Our thanks Y'all to Josh. Y'all get a job Allen. like I did. <laughs> Such a fountain of life advice, <laughs> Charles Barkley. We'll be back. We are back on the steam room. Yes. Again, it's, just, it's the it's the finale. It's oh, the finale man. for this Don't season. That sounds so horrible. Well, it does to me too. There is a finality to it. When you, like when you to watch the finale. When you watch your favorite TV shows and it said a season finale. Mm-hmm. It's just gut wrenching. I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, like tonight. Is it gut wrenching for you that this is the last time we'll talk to the legendary Tim Kiley on the uh, steam room? I prefer for him Tim Kiley. <laughs> but you know tonight. Um, uh, I think tonight's the season finale for The Good Doctor. One of my favorite TV shows. You, you can't stream that. You can't. You just, you just, I have to watch it live, TK. You know that. Uh, you, you don't know, have you, to. There hey, is there is still a way you know, to record you, television you shows, know, on, Charles. Uh, you know, and uh, Tuesday night is FBI. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. FBI Most Wanted and FBI, FBI International. And Wednesday is Chicago Fire. Med and PD. Wow. And occasionally You're just a walking TV guy. Hey, brother. <laughs> just a sneak a basketball game in yeah. once in a while. So. Wait, hey, I have basketball on. Which, uh, okay. Yeah, really? I, I do with one eye. And, 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 and now Maurice I, Cheek's eye. You hey, have one uh, eye on the game. No, hey, that's Maurice Cheek's. <laughs> only got one eye. The eye of Dr. J's in. <laughs> and now I got hockey on. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so what's on your mind today? Well, Ernie, since it is the finale of the show, uh, we're going to play a little Steam Room Season 3 trivia. Uh-oh. Uh, the music, please, Cap. I'm terrible at trivia. First one is for Charles. This season, Ernie revealed he has a tattoo. What is it, and where is it located? Man. He's got no chance I on this. I got no chance at that. I'm going to take a wild guess. It's, it's on his ankle, and it's... Uh, Something to do with his kids. It's on this arm, and it's Yahweh written in Hebrew. Yahweh. Yahweh, one Yahweh. of one of the uh, like the Old Testament names for God. A name so holy you weren't even supposed to say it. That's right. So well, you don't have to say it. You got it on your. Shoulder. I've got it. On, I've got it on my arm right there. Hey, Ernie, TK, I yeah. gotta tell you something. What? Ernie was on vacation a couple years ago. Yeah. 
and he was kind of naked. <laughs> and I was like, I sent him back, please don't ever send that, <laughs> do a photo like that with you half naked. I was showing him my surgery uh, scars. He sends me a picture back of him naked. No, I, I did not do that. <laughs> you were, you were, that sounds like a shack. You sure you didn't I, wasn't naked? I, no, I wasn't. I would never do that, Chuck. <laughs> I would never, not even to my worst enemy would I do that. Well, you'd see Yahweh, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're exactly right. All right, Fernie, in episode 13, what did Charles say is the perfect McDonald's chicken McNugget barbecue sauce packet ratio? Uh, it's like uh, two to one or three to one. Two to one is correct. Thank you very much. You're welcome. See, I pay attention when you talk. Yeah, I know. Hey, that's you it. don't pay attention two, when I two. talk. Charles, if you missed this one, what is Ernie's biggest pet peeve about a hotel room? Oh, the dirty shower tub combination. There yeah, we right. go. Which is, which is not even a thing, I might add. Uh, we made it we, we made it a thing. Oh, hey, hey TK, we were <laughs> saying. Uh, you blew up the internet. When, yeah. no, when he said that X amount of years ago, I thought he was joking, and then we were somewhere else in the last couple of years. He's just, oh, I hate this hotel. I'm like, why? He's just the dreaded shower tub combination. I was like, you and you were serious about the that? shower I tub like, combo? Yeah, Nothing I feel like, like that for your back, right, Ernie? That's a guaranteed slip and fall. <laughs> hey, that's Joe Pesci, and you uh, were serious about that, Judge? <laughs> we were serious about that. That was one of the greatest lines oh, in that yeah, movie. Isn't it? I love me some the Joe two Pesci. Use. You two yeah. use. All right, here we go. Fernie. Charles revealed he doesn't get his eyebrows waxed anymore. What's the name of the new eyebrow treatment he opts for? It's threading, TK. Uh, Ernie is killing this. You ready, Chuck? Yes, sir. This is a, this is actually a toss-up, so either you guys can jump in, whoever's first. Uh, our guest on uh, our first guest on season three was Wayne Gretzky. We learned that Wayne's teammates did not call him the Great One. They used a different nickname. <sighs> It came from the name he would use to check into hotels so he wouldn't be bothered. Oh, God, I forgot about that one. I just saw the great one last night. Um, we all did. Oh. Yeah. I, 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 just, I can't remember. I, I cannot I remember uh, that. What is it? Uh, Mr. Douglas. Uh, oh. Mr. Douglas. Mr. Douglas. That's hilarious. All right, back to Ernie. This is a tough one. Oh, good. You know what's really funny about You're that? You're winning. You know, I could have been easy, though. This is a true story. So I kept. We're taking a small break in yeah, the quiz no, for no, this anecdote from Charles. No, so I want to tell you about the name thing. So you can't tell every friend what name right. that yeah. you stay under. I develop a system. Why, why, no, this is a true story. A system. Well, I, I developed a system uh -huh. where I stayed under the name of the person who won the PGA Tour that week. Did you really? I did. And he never got bothered when you put down Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas wasn't playing when I was playing. He was already, because he only won one. He won a Masters in 86. But who did you used to always go? You, for a long time, you went with the same. James Bond. James Bond. James yeah. Bond. Yeah. Shaking, not stirred. Yeah. Yeah. Bond. James Bond. You know who I use when I don't want to be disturbed in my room? <laughs> what name I use? What? Kenny Smith. That's. There you go. <laughs> Ernie. What was the name of Chuck's prom date who appeared on the podcast? We'll accept the first name. Oh, you, uh, 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 don't oh, give him to He golly. missed it. I cannot, man, I'm getting old. Yeah, no I way. agree with you. I agree with you on that one. Um, Samantha. Nope. Amy Shorter. 
I knew there was an S in there. You had a nice. <laughs> <laughs> Amy Shore. Uh, that's right. Chuck, what was the name of the billion dollar business you passed on when you were in Shark Tank? And eventually become it became a sponsor of our show. Oh, Manscape. Oh, very good, man. A good memory there. That, but that's only because I don't Manscape. Hey, how can that be a tough question when it was his thing, and he knew he blew it? And okay, well, go first ahead. of all, I, first <laughs> of all, they turned down Ring also. In fairness, but the reason I turned down Manscape because I don't Manscape. Please, hey, next question. He's going to explain that whole thing. Okay, no, yeah, if no. I manscaped, that would have meant something to me. Uh-huh. All right, Ernie. What does Charles affectionately call his grandson? LFH. <laughs> LFH. That is, the answer is correct. I just take that. <laughs> Little Henry. All right, last one for the Chuckster. The F is silent. The F is silent. <laughs> Uh, you've heard Ernie say it a thousand times now. What is the phone number for Chuck's answering uh, machine? No chance here. Hey, America! 404-857-1921. And don't anybody call that number because we have no idea what it is. That's, that's not even close. Hey, hey, America, please don't call Ernie, that number. you are the winner, 3-2. 404-987-0330. Hey, hey, please don't I'll, call I'll that sign number, this for you later if you, if, you, if you want. You are the winner. Oh, thank three you. 3-2. That, <laughs> that was a very... Did you come up with all those questions no, on your own? No, hell no, he did Cap, Cap, Cap came up oh, with Oh, so you're on. just reading Cap's quiz. Yeah, that's it. That, is that... Is that legendary behavior yes. no it no is not. it is not no, but it you're is still called, a legend it's called mailing it in hey, well you're good at that yeah. uh, i'm just a freeloader yeah. this uh this hey. tk uh-uh. segment brought to you by <laughs> fedex uh what's, what's that guy name uh what guy the legendary mike mike pearl mike pearl, pearl. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 you're the new mike pearl yeah my rest in peace, Mike Pearl. That's one of right. the best people I ever met. But you yeah. knew Mike Pearl. He was his nickname is with yeah. the Pet Rock. <laughs> the Pet Rock. <laughs> yeah, he never moved. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good nickname right there. <laughs> and you get and you have people saying Pet Rock. What's, yeah, you got to go back a few <laughs> you years to remember. Remember the Pet Rock. He was a genius, man. Yes, he was. And now you're kind of a something. Uh, a legendary, a legendary genius who well, is also rather sedentary. Well, thank you for another great year, <laughs> Mr. Kylie. Thank you, boy. CK, yeah. it's, Thanks, a, it's a pleasure. I'm going to do everything in my power to see that you get back on the podcast uh, next year. Good luck for that. Can, that. can we can we lobby for that, Chuckster? Uh, well, it's your decision, Doctor. <laughs> no, it's, uh, we'll get back to you, TK. Uh. <laughs> Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Come and join us in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Leave your towel on in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. Wow, that's uh, the last time we'll hear that rendition. You know, you've been telling me to get the, the is it the, 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 what's the app that you sleep to? Oh, the Calm app? The Calm app? Yeah. I think I'm going to go with this. That I'm not going to put you to sleep. I'm just going to, oh, yeah, it'll put me to sleep. I think I'm going to get that on a loop. That little clip of that little clip, the stand up bass, and and that guy from wherever. He's from Phoenix, don't forget. Phoenix, Chuck. Yeah. That's not going to give you a restful night's sleep. I'm going to put that on a loop. All right. Hey, 
uh, final segment, which means uh, Chuck's answering machine. And, and I just want to thank everybody who took time out of their life to call into our show, especially, you know, we changed the intro to make it an international thing because we get so many international calls. But I want to personally thank every single person who took time out of their life to call in and ask a question. Well done. Spin it. Hello, world. This is Charles Barkley. Leave me a message. Hi, Ernie and Charles. Mike here from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Been a loyal steamer since day one. As I plan to one day visit the U.S., I would like to ask both of you for a first-timer. Which places or state is a must-visit and what food or restaurant is a must-try while I'm there? Thank you for your time and just want to say thank you for what you guys did in the show and podcast. It's something I always look forward to every time it gets uploaded. A call from Malaysia. Just as you say, welcome, hey, world, leave a message. There are places in the United States that you need to visit, but you would never live. New York City is A number one. Got to be there. Got to see it. Got to experience it. You got to experience New York. It is one of the most interesting places. uh, Well, maybe the most interesting place I've ever been in the United States. It's a vibrant place. Yes. It's alive all the time. Yes. And there's a there's an energy there that uh, you can't describe, and you don't and you don't find uh, anywhere else. Yeah, uh, Chicago is especially one of, in the spring and summer. Well, wait, remember me rephrase it. Only only the, <laughs> only during the spring and summer. Great Never restaurants. To, yeah, great restaurants. Great energy. Uh, the Million Dollar Mile is just amazing. Walking down there with all that shopping. Experience a game at Wrigley Field. Yeah. Yes. There you go. I mean, even though it's a dump, it's great historically. How about Vegas? Is Vegas on the list of things you should see? Vegas? Just to say you've been there. I love Vegas. You know, I'm a gambling degenerate, so I love Vegas. I don't go to shows, but I bet if you went to shows, they got so many great things going on there. You could find some shows to go to. And last and definitely not least, L.A. A lot of traffic. A lot of fake people, but man, <laughs> L.A. is an interesting, fun place to go. So that's a start. That's a start. If you're just going to come over and you haven't been to the States, yeah. if you can hit those spots. And then and, and you'll find also there's a, there's a million other places yes. that, that have their own charm and their own um, appeal yes, uh, to various exactly. folks. I agree with you, Ernest. So there you go. Next up. Hey, guys. This is Matt Putterman. Uh, I'm the son of Dr. Putterman, Charles's ex-IDOC, and just had to call in after I heard you talking about him in another episode. First things first, Ernie, he is real, and you can take my word for it. Uh, He's enjoying retirement, uh, especially becoming a grandfather when my son was born in December. I also wanted to congratulate Charles for also becoming a grandfather recently. Now you two old heads have something new to discuss. Uh, A lot better than talking about glasses. Anyway, uh, my family really looks forward to connecting with you soon, Charles, and all the best to to your family. (laughs) I I meant no offense when I said that's a made-up name. It just sounded like a... Like a Seinfeld thing. Yeah. It's like, hey, so, so my my eye doctor, Dr. Putterman, what's his name? I just call him Dr. Putterman. So I get a text from Dr. Putterman. <laughs> he was laughing so hard. At, he, said, he says, my son told he listened to you guys' steam room when I had to listen to it. Uh, uh, he was laughing so hard. Uh, he says, 
Ernie, so Ernie thinks I made it up. I was like, no, tell him. <laughs> it was great. You know, he retired last year. Don't worry about my glasses, Doc. I can find some uh-huh. somewhere. Uh, actually, it's the only time in my life Shaq ever came in handy. He has a pretty good hookup for us. I know. Whoever thought he would be useful? Oh, he's always been. He's always been useful. I mean, and he's dude, got his hands in a million different things now, and, and so you never know. Yeah, and 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 it's great because like I needed a new printer in my home office. It was like, yeah, have you seen those those printers that I? Yeah, I've seen them. How many do you need? I <laughs> just just one is fine, uh, and uh, and then the glasses too. Yeah, these th- are, shout out these to are, Jamie. Are, yeah, those are yeah, Jamie's Jamie, awesome. Jamie, thank you for, for the eyeglasses, man. They yeah. they sweet. But uh, I'm going to see Dr. Putterman this summer when I go back to Philly, man. Okay. He's so excited. And let me tell you something. I'm so excited. So, you know, I had not seen my grandson since the second day after he was born. I got to hold him for a little bit. So I went to visit Christiana for Mother's Day. Uh, and I could only be there Friday and Saturday because we had to be back here Sunday. So, man, just being with that little man, holding him all night, watching basketball. I was drinking beer. And I asked him, Henry, you want some beer? He couldn't answer me. So I, <laughs> I took it as a no. Man, the look on your face yeah, when you yeah. talk about that yeah. grandchild, man. It, it was so uh, so much fun just hanging out with him. Like I say, just, he, you know, he's like like his grandpa. I'll do his sleep, eat, and shit. Uh, so it wait, was, wait till he calls you by by a name yeah. for the first time. Woo, man, that's the greatest. Yeah, so. That's the greatest. I, I kept asking, want some beer? Want some beer? Yeah. Uh, want some tequila? Uh, so we had a blast. We had a blast. It was great to spend time with them. They were amazing. Just I just like I just sit there and watch basketball all night and held them. It was great. So Wonderful. can't wait to share stories with Dr. Putterman. Next up. Hey Chuck. This is your old Auburn teammate, Gary Godfrey. And before you say it, no, I did not beat you up in practice. I barely laid a hand on you. LOL. May is ALS awareness month. Did you know the average life expectancy for someone living with ALS is two to five years? And did you know it costs over $250,000 per year to care for someone with ALS? And did you know our military veterans are two to three times more likely to be diagnosed with ALS? There is still no cure for ALS and no meaningful treatments. Charles, I want to thank you for helping me raise awareness for ALS and thank you for all the support you have given me. War Eagle. Uh, Garrett Godfrey is one of my favorite people in the world. He's one of my favorite teammates. He's got the most amazing wife, Carol. It's really a, a, a tough situation for me because he's such a good dude. So I get an example of what a good dude is. Me and Bruce Pearl have a golf tournament. We raise money for the program every year. So Gary actually paid to play golf with me. And we raised money for the program. So he's like, I'll pay you a lot of money to play golf with you, the money going to the program. I'm like, Gary, you don't have to. You can play golf with me anytime you want to. He's like, no, money's going to the program. And Ernie, within five months, he was in a wheelchair. Mm. And uh, I was like, what's going on? He's like, I got ALS. And they asked me, I'm playing golf with some people. We're raising some money for ALS. And uh, he's amazing. He's got the best spirit. And Carol is just amazing. But he's been balancing for a long time. Mm -hmm. But he he uses the machine to talk now. But when we first started talking, he could talk. 
and he was he's not bitter, he's not angry, uh, and he made me a better basketball player. Gary fouled me every single day in practice. <laughs> he's about probably six seven, two sixty. I think that's what he was in college. I used to joke when I got to the NBA, I was used to physicality because because of, of Gary because of Gary because Gary Gary was one of those guys like that's the way he played. And it was very frustrating in the beginning, but once I adjusted to it, I said, this is going to make me a better player in the long run. But to have a friend with a great attitude with ALS, and I would do anything for him and his wife, Carol, and I'm trying to figure out what's the best way for me to help them. But, man, I appreciate Gary calling, but I think if I remember correctly, this is ALS Awareness Month, and I'm glad y'all got him on. And remember, we had... um, Steve Gleason. Steve Gleason. And, uh, uh, you know, him and Gary, the, the two most prominent people I know with this disease, and they're both, man, uh, the spirit they have is contagious. I forget his hashtag. It's hashtag make today your best day. Make today your best day. And shout out to Steve Gleason, too. I guess we could say this is last call. Last? The final, the oh, final man. call. Thank you guys for again. this season. Thank okay. you guys for taking time out of y'all life to call in. G'day, guys. It's the OLS, the original loyal steamer Stav here in Australia. Firstly, congratulations on a fantastic season three of the steamer. I've been watching all the playoff clips on the NBA on TNT YouTube channel, and I noticed something that Ernie does, which may be kind of curious. Whenever you guys come back from commercial break. Ernie always fixes the cuff of his sleeve. Well, not really fixes, but he sort of subtly grabs at the cuff. Charles, I'm not sure if you've ever noticed that or theorized why Ernie does that, or maybe you know why. I guess Ernie might be very superstitious. So it might just be superstition, or he's saying a prayer or thinking of a particular person as you guys come back on air. Whatever it is, I'd love Ernie to explain why he does that. Have a wonderful break from the same room and catch you in season four. Stav. Uh, Stav, thank you, my brother. You Appreciate been, you, You are the ultimate law steamer. Shout out to you and hope everybody in your family is safe. I'll go first. And this is a, just a guess. I have noticed it every show. I probably... It's when some, we start the show. Uh, when we start the show... I say I'm saying I don't know when I started noticing. Obviously, it's been I've been on the show for 21 years, so year one I notice it. Now I notice it all the time. I think it's a signal to a family member. That's just my guess. I have no proof. We've never discussed it, but you take it from here. It is. It's it's exactly what it is. It not not to a particular family member. It's to all of my family members oh, okay. because everybody's, you know, watching in different places if they're watching. And so, yeah, so when we come on the pregame show, uh, and I'll do it, I always do it at the start of the night. And then at various times I might throw it in there again, but it's, but it's a subtle thing, but it's noticeable. So it's like, hey, welcome to uh, TNT NBA tip-off presented by CarMax. And then they take the four shot of us and... And and I and I just and I do this. I just so you, grab I grab my cuff. So you think your family's watching you every now and then, with not, if nothing else is on. Okay, that's how I do it. I just I just kind of do this, and then uh, and that's it. But the problem, I mean, the only thing, like when we take the show on the road, yeah. and we're using hand mics, 
So, you know, when we do that, so I always have to, uh, go, so go. You, you'll see it when I do that too. So yeah, it's just so staff, would, staff, that's what it is. That's hey, just saying hey to my family, saying I love my family and so, how y'all, how y'all doing tonight. So why don't you just say, it'd been easy instead of that long convoluted answer. I wanted to give it some texture, why don't you just, some depth. But just let it roll off your tongue. Chuckster, you were right. Oh, no, I, I, I think, but it's been out there before. Okay. I mean, I, I've said, I've told people that I, you know, I say hey to my family by grabbing on my cuff. So maybe you read that. No, probably not. <laughs> yeah, okay. But not. If, if it was strictly a guess, then that's a great guess. And how about Stav, man? Uh, he's been amazing. He has been right from the start. Yes, but just let me tell you something. I feel like when I'm a Stav, I'm in the middle of the desert and I'm dying and I need some moisture. We've been waiting on his beer for four years, three years. He sent us T-shirts. Yeah, I wanted beer. He said he's got he's in the beer business. Send us beer. Hey, Stav, my wife wears that T-shirt to bed a lot. Okay. And Stav, so thank I, you very I, much. I do my hand like this a lot, and there's nothing in it because you didn't send the beer. But thanks for nothing. But thanks for being a lost team. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to all of our loyal steamers. Oh, man. Thanks for Chuckster, calling in. Three years in the books here, man. Three years. Yeah, it's been amazing. And I want to thank every single guest, the, the great Josh Allen today, but I want to thank all our guests we've had. You know, you go back to Dr. Fauci, Payton, Tom Brady, Van Jones, Killer Mike. It's been I, I, uh, it's I'm, been a wonderful ride so far, a, and it's not over. Oh, Because I can't over. wait it's, for season four. Yeah, it's been a great ride. But I just want to thank all the callers and all the celebrities and guests we've had. Yeah, uh, it's been amazing. The well-known is one thing. Yeah, but also regular people. Just, the just, teacher, the, the, the brother who was the teacher from yeah, New York City. Just the calls we've gotten yeah. means so much to us. So thank you, thank you a ton for for continuing to be loyal steamers and for uh, putting up with our nonsense. And uh, we look forward to uh, season four. dispelling even more or dispensing even more nonsense. <laughs> yes. Uh, Months from now, when the NBA season cranks up again, it, it'll be here before we know it. Oh, sadly, I love downtime. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, America. I love me some downtime. I love me some downtime. I get to play golf and fish and just enjoy life. I love downtime. Yeah. When I get that phone call when they tell me we're starting, I just drop my head. But meantime, binge listen. Is that a thing? Can you binge listen? You can binge, you can binge yeah. watch. You can binge listen. Yeah. You can binge. You can binge listen to the steam room. Th- all, you know, like do that. Go through the first three seasons and and then kind of time it out so that now I need that fourth season. Yeah. And there will there be. There we go. There you go. All right. Thank you all. Thank you, Chuckster. Yes, sir. Thank it's you, a pleasure, Mr. Johnson. Man. Great awesome. year.